Hello and welcome to another episode of the Competing Biblically podcast. Today, Nick, Zach, and I are exploring the second area of mission, which is honoring authority. Honoring authority in the sports world is a huge challenge for us when we think about officials and referees. So this conversation should definitely get pretty interesting. Let's see how it goes. So last week, we dove into Acts 1-8 and introduced the four areas of mission that we can be in the world of sport. So Acts 1-8 covers Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And we compared uh, Jerusalem to those that are immediately around us, those that are on our team, on our coaching staff, and how we can be on mission to bless, serve, and minister to those people. Today, we are widening the sphere of influence a little bit. We are going out to Judea, and we are going to be talking about how we can bless, serve, and encourage people in the wider sphere of influence, and that would include officials, game managers, um, people of that sort. So I'm excited for our conversation today. Honestly, I haven't thought a lot about this. I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about how we can bless those on our team and on our coaching staff. I've thought some about how to bless the opponent. I don't know if the officials are a group that I've thought much about as being a minister to, and I think they most of the times get forgotten. Forgotten would be one way to put it. Abused would be, yeah, <laughs> would be yeah. another way. I guess you're right. They, they're they forgotten unless they do something wrong. Yeah, so I, I like to say about officials, like specifically like referees, that kind of official – they walk away from every game an enemy of one side. And a lot of times both. Yeah. A lot of times if we're both. being honest. Yeah. I mean, go to any social media network when a NFL game, NFL game or any other sporting event concludes and you'll see fans of that team saying, oh, I can't believe the officials did this or that or criticizing the coach or, I mean, that's what, isn't that what sports radio is? Like you can, you complain about officials you complain about uh, general managers and front office people. Mm-hmm. You complain about coaches, and then you complain about athletes not doing the freakish things that they're paid to do in the way that we want them to do them in a clutch situation. So, but yeah, I agree. Officials get forgotten often, and the Bible actually has a lot to say about the way that we interact with authority. So, mm-hmm. uh, not just officials only. I, I like to look at this category broader uh, like we talked about like coaches and administrators okay uh, but god has put leadership over top of us he's uh, i mean even the bible says like good and evil rulers like god has given us good and evil officials like mm-hmm. there's going to be people we're interacting with i'd love to before we jump into the positive way to interact with it highlight a little bit of the problem that we're trying to yeah trying to solve i mean i know one experience in my mind sticks out kind of above the rest, which my wife was coaching middle school basketball at a, or not middle school basketball, was coaching high school basketball at a small Christian school that played in an exclusive Christian league mm-hmm. where officials got paid less than the little bit that they get paid to ref uh, public school games. I just remember like seeing the way coaches, so this message, like this message particularly, 
isn't just for athletes, coaches, administrators. It's also for parents and fans. Yeah. But I remember sitting at that game, one game in particular, uh, it was in northern Delaware, and the Christian head coach of the team who my wife was coaching with, and someone I really admire, a godly man, but just complaining, yelling, screaming, uh, sarcastic gestures, rolling of eyes, the fans being disparaging, being very hyper hypercritical of on both sides. And I'm like, this is a room of quote unquote Christians. Mm -hmm. This is a referee that's officiating a Christian school basketball game. And look, I'm not knocking Christian school competition. So I don't want to be disparaging, but you're not playing for some incredible trophy. You're not playing for some incredible bragging rights. Like you're playing in a pretty and look our life is but a vapor mm-hmm. is what ecclesiastes say so it says so if we're going to look at like the our lifespan and our lifespan in sport it is a vapor it yeah. is insignificant in light of eternity mm-hmm. so we i think we need to get tethered to that a little bit but yeah just remember walking away from that like man we just gave christ a black eye yeah uh, and that was really the first time my eyes were open to this channel of blessing, this this opportunity or, or area of, of mission or ministry. Mm-hmm. And as you're sharing that, I think of um, anyone ever played in a church softball league? See how that goes? Yes, I've played in the league at your church. <laughs> yeah. Um, I definitely have a couple of experience playing in church softball leagues, but I have heard plenty more horrific stories. And it's it's honestly a stereotype. Church softball league is a stereotype, and mm. uh, you talk about a black eye for the mission of Christ. Um, man, if that's just what people think of when they think of that, we are not doing our job. So, uh, Zach, I see you have scripture pulled up. Why don't you go ahead and share and, and share a couple of your thoughts about, about what you have there? Yeah, so Nick uh, kind of mentioned that the Bible and Christ talks about like this idea of authority good and bad being from God. So Romans 13, one says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God in this small world that we have of sports, the authorities that we find there, and not just the referees, but also our coaches, also our athletic directors, also the administration at our schools. A lot of these people can be good and bad. Like, as we've seen, like, we, we've we all experienced times where uh, we've had great referees, we've had great coaches, we've had great administration, and t- probably times where we've had bad. And I think, like, a lot of the problems when it comes to, especially in my experience with referees, is we get so, we get so hypercritical, like Nick was saying, of people. And so, like, when, when, we, when we talk about, oh, the referee didn't call this, the referee didn't call this, and especially talking about, like, after the game, looking back at things, it's just like, well, it's so easy to be critical of anybody. I might take that to a place that might hurt right now in the COVID world we live in. Talk about governing officials and honoring them and being submissive to them. Conference governing bodies who have made decisions on how we are to play in over the past year, approximately. Um, my situation... As a coach, I was required to wear a mask the whole practice, and our players had to wear a mask the whole practice, even when we send them on 
two mile perimeters and they are not allowed to pull down their mask. Uh, that is the reality. Now, obviously, we as coaches made sure they were safe. I'm just going to keep that out there so we don't get in trouble. But many people were not happy with those decisions. And yet we, as followers of Christ, are called to honor and submit to that authority. And we talked about this a little bit last week when it comes to teammates and, and those that are close to us, not complain. And I can say I've been guilty. I've, I don't know if there's many people who haven't been guilty of that in the world of sport over the past year. And I will throw myself into that lump as well. The three of us have honestly sat here and had this discussion. So we are convicting our own selves here today on, on the podcast. Yeah, I am the chief most of sinners in this category as a college football chaplain two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got warned by an official to be quiet. And I was like, oh, man, I definitely got out of whack. I, like my, my focus needs to be serving and I'm if I'm focused on what the officials doing, it's kind of, I mean, it, like Zach, you were saying to kind of intro into this this time. It was like when our focus is on winning and us, then it's everybody's against us. So like I mean, at, at Delaware State University, we often complain that we're always playing two teams, and it's like now uh, sometimes I wonder like <laughs> is this true? But even if it was true, it's like God has sovereignly put this opportunity for us to worship him and make much of him in our path yeah and i think like especially in this time of covid it's been really easy for me just like we've said i'm just as guilty of complaining just as guilty as blaming the officials blaming the administration uh we like i currently don't have a season and i think like what you were saying is like when when our focus and our priorities get messed up is it's so easy to just get lost and angry um, and yeah. really have this mentality that like, oh, they don't want me to play or, oh, like they have something out for me because I'm not getting what I want. The other thing, too, is like especially as an athlete, my, like my identity can get so wrapped up in I'm an athlete. And so even going back to school this semester, starting classes this past week has just been a burden for me because there's no outside force drawing me to classes and and like i know even as i say it that sounds crazy it's just like oh like you're in college i'm in college why do i not want to do classes but i've always had this outside motivator of oh i'm an athlete so if i get good grades i can still play sports and so like when when our priorities get mixed mixed up and our identity is wrapped in things that aren't christ we can lose those things very quickly and nick you were saying like our life is a vapor and like how much more so is our athletic careers Mm -hmm. even just now like i've always been worried about getting an injury that ends my career and i've seen people lose their careers to injuries but now everyone has lost their athletic career we we had a time where no one had seasons Mm -hmm. in this time and in this time of like Maybe we have a season, maybe people don't. It's so easy for us to only focus on that. And and I've been convicted just by you like talking recently and just like, okay, my priority can't be can I play or can I not? It should be can I still carry out the mission of God with a season or without? And the answer is obviously yes. It's just like having a season does not define me being able to reach out to guys, me yeah. being able to disciple with guys and me being able to even meet or like even through zoom like 
through any means necessary, this mm. should be my main priority, not can I play. Yeah, so to bring it back um, and kind of shift to the positive, that's a perfect segue. So, Zach, I don't know if you tried that or not, but great job. Um, <laughs> that's why we have you here. I don't want like pancake. Um, but, yeah, I, so when your mission is locked in, and that's why I like to call these – the areas of mission, when your mission is locked in, when you're there for a purpose and you see these areas or arenas or avenues or channels, whatever you want to call them, these opportunities to, to minister the gospel to your team, to officials, to opponents, to the world uh, who's looking on, when that's the mission and these people are the mission to get the gospel to, both in the way that we bless them and interact and demonstrate the gospel and in the way that we're going to proclaim it, it changes everything. Mm -hmm. So the question is, how can you minister or be a blessing to officials? So one, one story that comes to my mind, an example that stuck out. So I was coaching at a, a small Christian school with my wife. I was her assistant field hockey coach. <laughs> how do you have more field hockey stories than football stories, Nick? I'm always I'm starting to wonder this. Well, that's a great question. We could dive into that another time. I was a Christian for all of my field hockey journey, only a Christian for a portion of my football one. But yeah, one of the stories that comes to my mind uh, was being at a game um, up in northern Delaware, and we're getting ready to play this team, and conditions aren't great, and their field really needed some work, and just kind of was feeling some bitterness and like frustration well up and then this official comes up and I see that he has this huge smile on his face and we had kind of preached a lot of this stuff that you're going to hear to our girls and like it was a part of our team philosophy but this official comes up beaming and I'm like hey man what's going on are you are you officiating today yep I am I'm like hey you seem fired up why are you so excited he goes well coach I guess I'll let you know I didn't know that Red Lion was the team that we were, we were I was officiating today now that I know that like I'm excited. I love officiating your girls' games. And I'm like, yes. Like, that's it. So why did he feel that way? Why did he feel that way? Because we went out of our way to bless him. So part of our team philosophy was that we were going to bless the official. How do we do that? So um, we would get them a little snack pack for their ride home. And so disclaimer, we would do this. We would not give it to them as coaches. We would not give it to them as players. Our team manager delivered this to the scorer's table and the scoring scorer's table, whether we were home or away, they delivered it to the official. Um, but every game, our girls took a turn writing a thank you letter to the officials. Obviously officials don't do what they're doing at the high school level or below as a career. And even mm -hmm. most college officials, it's not a lucrative career. And I'm not sure about professional officials all over the place, but it's not a money-making scheme. That's not why they do it. They do it because they love the game and they love officiating. Mm -hmm. So we want to say thank you. We want to give gratitude. Gratitude is something I feel like is, is lost in our culture yes. a lot recently. But we want to give gratitude. We want to be grateful for them sacrificing time with their family, time doing the things that they want to do, time maybe at another job to be here and officiate. So we write them a thank you note and we give them a snack pack because, again, like – a lot of them are driving distances to be in the game they get assigned. Mm -hmm. And it's a Gatorade and some fruit snacks or a pack of crackers or whatever. Not a huge cost to us, but we just want to communicate. Yeah. Like, hey, you blessed us by being here, and we want to bless you in return 
because you didn't you don't have to do what you do and we want to know that we see you we appreciate you and the other side of it was we i mean many teams have this practice but our girls did not talk to officials mm-hmm. except for the captain yes and more than that not just to talk negatively the only way they were allowed to talk to officials was to say something positive mm-hmm. and we went out of our way i went out of my way as a coach to look for opportunities and it's not manipulative i'm not trying to get them on my side um, although I did feel that from time to time, it's a battle, like a real battle to fight against the flesh. Like, am I doing this to glorify God or mm-hmm. am I doing this to manipulate the game so that we can win? But just looking for opportunities when he made tough calls, when she made tough calls, like, Hey, that's a tough call. You had to make it good call. It doesn't take anything for me to say that, but too often I'm, I can't believe you made that call. You did this, throwing your arms up in the air, rolling your eyes or whatever. But there's two just kind of simple yeah. simple ways to, to bless the official. I mean, literally to give them a blessing and a thank you out of gratitude. And two, to live that out. Mm-hmm. So again, we talked about this in the last episode. To do that, like to communicate that as Christians, that, hey, we're for you, we're grateful for you, we love you. And to give that to them at the end of the game when the whole game you've been... <laughs> <laughs> undermining them at every turn yes. it, it falls on deaf ears yeah and i think when we're talking about in the game in the heat of the moment one thing that sticks in my mind and i know there will probably be, i know there will probably be people who this makes uncomfortable or it doesn't sit well with but my priority as a christian when i'm competing if the referee makes a horrible call my priority is not to get my way it's to honor and represent Christ is my main. That's my main priority in everything. Amen. Including during the game. I, it is more important for me to honor and represent Christ than it is to get things to go the way that I want them to go. And this is a reality. I have never seen a call change because someone argued it mm. once. I've never seen it. So you're doing nothing but destruction by arguing and making a big deal out of the call. Can it be a gag call? Yes, I'm sure it probably was a horrible call, but guess what? You're not going to change it. And not only are you hurting your relationship with that official, you're hurting the morale and the mental toughness and the composure of your team. You're not helping the situation. And I have refereed soccer in the past. And if there is something that is going on, what was helpful to me, number one, I echo what Nick said, the captain should talk to the officials. Now, some sports aren't played in the same way that that a lot of your soccer, football, lacrosse, field hockey are played. But um, if that's the way your sport is played, the captain should be the one talking. And if there is something going on, I've had players come up to me and say, hey, I know you called me because I fell and tripped this guy, but I want you to, to watch next time. He's pulling my shirt, and that's why I'm falling. If you communicate that in a respectful way and you tell me what to look for going forward because I don't see it happening, I mean, I have no problem with that as a Christian, as an official. Obviously, you need to have a good tone. But um, to just be arguing a call all the time you're not doing anything you're you are literally not helping anything yeah and you're distracting from the mission of your team yes i mean i can't tell you how much energy goes into arguing with officials if that same amount of time effort attention to detail fervor sweat went into like okay coaching your team up for the next play or the next scenario if that amount of energy went into that your team would be better prepared it's kind of like we talk about 
I like to use this analogy a lot about coaching ahead and not coaching behind, Mm -hmm. but using football as an illustration, defensive backs, their job is to defend wide receivers, Mm -hmm. uh, and a wide receiver's job is to go out, and and I'm oversimplifying this, there's other things that happen, um, but is to go out and to catch the ball, to receive it, it's in the name. So wide receiver goes out, runs a a pass pattern, quarterback throws throws the ball, hits him in the hands, falls on the ground, what does every coach yell? Should have called it. Catch the ball. Yeah. And it's like, that's not coaching. Like, it, it just isn't. So, as coaches, as leaders, I guess that's not leadership. Leadership is, mm-hmm. it's being forward thinking, eyes on the ball. Like, yeah. hey, look the ball into your hands. Giving tangible things that will help them get better. Mm-hmm. Not just simply harping on the thing, thing that's negative. The other thing that, that came to my mind while you were, you were sharing, Seth, that you had officiated. Mm-hmm. Um, a way that we could learn to bless officials if you haven't officiated and you're a coach, or you haven't officiated and you're a team captain or an athlete, go to a lower level and officiate. Yes, please. Put in the time, and, and to use a cliche saying, walk a mile in, in their shoes to see mm-hmm. what it's like, to see how hard it is to make unbiased, impartial, split-second decisions yep. for to uphold the law. The big thing, like, theologically, is that... Officials sit in the place of God in the scenario of sport. Hmm. Like in the world of sport, they sit as a representat- representation of the Lord. Hmm. I'd never thought about and that. And again, they're not doing that perfectly because they're going to make they're human. They're going to make mistakes, but that's the role that they play in sport. The way that we interact with authority communicates something to the world that's watching. Yes. about the Lord mm-hmm. and about us as his as his children. The way that we interact with authority, the way that we submit to authority communicates a ton to the world around us. And I, I think that that shows up, um, not necessarily that, that God is causing this thing in this illustration, but in the Sermon on the Mount and in, in Luke 6, Jesus shares this illustration of um, a storm coming against two houses. There's one that was built on rock and there's one that's built on sand. And the storm comes, winds blow, waves crash destroy the house that's built on sand the house that's built on rock because it's built on rock remains the thing between those two the thing between those two stories um or those two houses that that's significant is that the storm came to both of them the storm came to both of those houses i think oftentimes as christians we think that our lives will be crisis free or storm free mm-hmm. when Jesus never promised that what he mm-hmm. promised is that we could have a life that is storm or crisis proof mm-hmm. that would that would see us through that if we're grounded on the rock because what happens in those moments is that we have a choice subconsciously or consciously depending on how heated the moment is yeah we have a choice of saying where is my foundation is my foundation on winning is my foundation on the way that I look when I win is my identity wrapped up in the way I compete in sport and me being successful or is my identity on what Seth said was is my identity in a place where Christ glory and fame is the only thing that matters that that is the bedrock because he knows me he loves me he died for me I get to not that I have to but I get to demonstrate that grace and kindness even to an official that's wrong Mm -hmm. and I've met many officials that are wrong Mm -hmm. just like they've met many athlete coach whatever role that i'm in that were wrong because they met me yeah Uh, (laughs) 
So it definitely goes both ways. Mm. Yeah. Another thought that I have as you were speaking, Nick, is that there are times where it's the heat of the moment. And we all, I mean, you shared earlier a time where you feel like you overstepped the line. We all have done that, even those who profess Christ. And one of the most powerful ways I have seen uh, last spring as an assistant coach, our head coach got out of line. And I always say a little something to him because that's part of his role for me. And he got quiet for a couple minutes and he realized it. And he said, I went too far, didn't I? And I was like, yeah, I think you did. And he went and apologized to the official. He went and apologized to the other coach. And the way they received it, I thought that was a really powerful opportunity of ministry in the way that he processed and and asked for forgiveness and apologized for what he had done. So if you do have a moment where you're like, man, I went too far. It's a great opportunity, not just to leave it in the past, but to acknowledge and apologize for your actions to the officials or the other, co- whoever you have to apologize to. And another aspect I wanted to hit on is all three of us work together to come up with this verse because we knew it was, it was somewhere, but second Corinthians six, which we spent time in a couple of weeks ago, we left off at verse two, but in verse three, it begins and it says, we put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance and afflictions, hardships, calamities, and it goes on to list a lot of other difficult situations. But we put no obstacle in anyone's way. The idea of being above reproach and even when you're communicating and you're trying to communicate in grace, sometimes in the heat of the moment, things come off stern or rude and maybe the message they received is not the message you want to send. And we as representations of Christ need to be above that reproach. I think of, it was kind of funny this past fall where we had to wear masks and our kids weren't used to it. We had a kid who was on the far, who was playing on the far side of the field from us and he kept pulling his mask down and the referee gave him a yellow card and he told us that he kept pulling his mask down. And it was after he gave him a yellow card, I just kind of, I had to yell to him because he was across the field and I was like, sir, like, can you just tell me what that was for? Because I didn't see anything. I just want to know what it was. And he goes, he keeps pulling his mask down. And I yelled to the kid. He needed to start talking to him. like, I say his name and I'm like, hey, quit being an idiot and pull your mask up because you're just doing it because you don't want to. And the referee, I just see the referee put his hands up and walk away like really um, like frustrated. And I'm like, why? I I didn't say anything to him. I was defending him. And then I realized he thought I was yelling at him and called him an idiot and told him to quit being an idiot. So it had to be a halftime. I just wanted to make sure that my message was sent clearly. So, hey, I just want to let you know I was not talking to you when you said that. Like, I was talking to our player because I knew he was being defiant and stupid. So, um, but being that idea, it's kind of a funny story. But being above reproach, if your message is received incorrectly or maybe you just deliver it in kind of a reckless manner in the heat of the moment, make it right. Um, That's a great opportunity to make it right. So. Maybe not call our players idiots, too. I can be strong. So, yeah. Well, then there's no confusion of who's getting called an idiot. Yes. If no one's getting called an idiot. But. No, it's good. I'm picking on you a little bit. But that, yeah. It's it, warranted. Don't worry. So, um, 
in starting this above reproach conversation, the thing that came to my mind is what's one thing. So this is literally a question I'm asking, like what's one thing that we can do that Jesus can't take a Just take a guess. It's okay. If you get it wrong. On the, Sin. That is one thing. I'm thinking of something different. Seth stole my answer. <laughs> that was the only thing I could come up with. Yeah, so this is more of a positive. Uh-oh. So a positive, the positive reaction to sin would be, oh. oh Ask for forgiveness. Starts with a re- Repentance. Yeah. Start- oh, look at you, Zach. Yeah. Pancake. You might want to restart that. So, <laughs> yeah, repent. We get to repent. Like, Jesus never sinned. So that was the correct answer. Jesus never sinned. We sin, but he never got to, he never gets to repent. Like he that's not something because sin isn't in his nature. He's never made a mistake. He's never spoken out of turn or incorrectly or been misunderstood. Like even when he flipped tables, it was righteous. There have been many times where I thought I was operating in righteous anger. Um and it was just plain old fleshly anger. Mm-hmm. It was not from the Lord. So yeah, just like eating that slice of humble pie and saying, nope, I was wrong. So this whole philosophy of competing biblically, it's not about being perfect. It's about giving it your best shot. Mm-hmm. Like that's what the Lord is asking. Even in our attempts to be perfect as he is perfect, to be righteous as he is righteous, to be holy as he is holy. He's just calling us to give it our best shot. Yeah. And that happens like we talked about intentionality, doing normal. I think we talked about this last episode, doing normal things over and over again with consistency, faithfulness and intentionality. And when we make when we when we fall short and the Bible's clear, all have fallen short, Mm -hmm. all sin and fall short of the glory of God. We're going to fall short. Own it Mm -hmm. in Christ. We're free in Christ to admit that we've fallen short. And it really is freeing. Amen. Really freeing when you can admit that you fall short. Life-giving. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like having the pressure of, of, of having to be perfect. For many coaches, coach, maybe you're listening to this, athletes, maybe you're listening to this, and you feel much more relief in not losing than you do find joy in achieving a, a goal to win a game as a team, mm-hmm. where you're just worried about the negative connotation of getting it wrong. And that is, that's plagued our Christian life as well. Yes. Not that we want to go out and intentionally sin. Cause the Bible talks about that. Should I go out and intentionally sin by no means? Mm-hmm. Uh, should I, or shall I sin so that grace may abound by no means? Paul says, um, but when we do sin, we have an advocate. Mm-hmm. Again, going to first John, we do sin. We have an advocate and that advocate is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. When we admit them, when we confess our sins, First John 1, 9, he is faithful um, to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful and just. Yeah, so today in our conversation, I feel like I've seen a pattern of a couple of things. And the main thing being this, that um, keeping perspective, knowing who you are serving, where you are, and what's important, knowing our role as ambassadors for Christ first, and competitors second um and humility understanding that when we do make a mistake it's all right apologize ask for forgiveness and what a great opportunity of ministry that is um so i think those are two core key takeaways um from today's conversation on top of the extra things of blessing the referees i love what what you shared there nick 
but I think we walked away with some some really nothing again nothing groundbreaking but some really concrete ways that we can be ambassadors for Christ on mission by honoring the authority that is around us. Um, so thank you guys for joining us for today's conversation. Hope it blessed you and encourages you, and we will see you here next time.